flourishing families with Dr. Daughter Blatt, the switched-on kids chiropractor, and her passionate friends, sharing the secrets of inspiring wellness to help your families thrive. I'd like to welcome Kate Highland today. Uh, Kate Highland is the assistant principal at Charlestown East School. Yes. And I'm really excited to have you on and share with us about school readiness. Okay, thank you. Thank you, daughter. Um, yes, so my job here um, at Charlestown East, which is um, um, a government school, a public school in New South Wales, is um, I look after all of the children in kindergarten, year one and year two. And a lot of what I do is bring them into the school. So all of those processes to do with orientation and easing their transition into school here. Um, so I give a lot of advice to a lot of parents um, about that. And I run the uh, Whitebridge Community of Schools Readiness Night. So that happens around May every year where we invite parents to come along. They can ask questions and it's a big information sharing session. Some of the things I say there uh, at that session are to do with um, having strong links with your preschool uh, so that and taking advice from preschool teachers so that because they know your child um, and they know what they're up to, they know their readiness levels and they're the best person to give advice about readiness. We, of course, haven't seen your child yet at that stage of the year and we look forward to getting to know them. But your preschool teacher will give you advice about things like how they're holding a pencil, for instance, uh, and the areas that they need correction. It's also a good place to start making play dates and with friends so that your children start to socialise. And kindergarten, believe it or not, a lot of it is about socialisation and getting along with their, with friends rather than academics. Academics... It's the most important thing, isn't it? Well, you would think so. And that obviously is something that is vital yeah. and it is our main focus. But we also believe that for your child to be an independent functioning human being later on in life, they need to be able to relate and communicate with, with each other and learn all of those things that are vitally important. Um, a lot of times, when skipping to the end of school, when children leave and we ask what it was that they really enjoyed about school, they'll talk about kindergarten, they'll talk about their friends. Yeah. It's always, they don't remember learning how to read, they don't remember learning how to count, they remember their buddy, they, the person that helped them in the playground open their lunchbox. They remember creative arts performances, they remember being in a play, um, they remember those sorts of things. So those human aspects are vital as well as, as the academics. In preschool, I mean, when you think of it from preschool to kindergarten, that's a great transition then of, mm -hmm. of being, like you say, and learning how to open your lunchbox and learning how to grab that pencil and how to make friends. Yes. Uh, so you're building on that. Uh, you're building on those things, yeah. yes. Yeah. So so we look for, for lots of things in the children coming in. Um, we look for uh, people who can share, um, children who don't demand to be first, who know that they've got to wait their turn. And something that parents can do, and I know it sounds a bit funny, but parents can get children to put their hand up. I know that sounds strange, but, you know, in that sort of 
um, playing schools and playing at being at school when you're at home and it's safe and secure and it's an environment that they're familiar with. But having that play acting time of let's play schools, yeah. be it read a book together. And reading a book together is, is so vital. I've known people who've been, who've read to their babies before they were born, yeah. um, who've read to them, you know, when they were an hour old in the <laughs> hospital. Um, and I think they're lovely stories about people who just value communication with their with their children. I used to do um, that with my daughter. I used to yes. when she was hours old, like you said, yeah. I used to read to her yes. in Danish. <laughs> I well, had read yeah. some places so that was a really good thing to do and I always like checked around, you know, is anyone coming? Are they listening? Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, children just like that connection. Yeah. They want that eye contact. They want that connection. And if that involves um something else to look at to focus on a you know picture of the three little pigs in a book or whatever that's what they love to do so you know your children maybe they can after you've read the story make it maybe they can read it back to you and reading it can be pointing to the pictures and talking about them it doesn't yes. need to involve text no. you know at that really early stage it can be they can read a picture and then they can talk about and use their memory. So there's a whole lot of things that parents can do literacy-wise, but it involves playing at being at school. Right. So, so um, do you feel it's important for parents to prepare their children for school that way? As in, uh, should we as parents look into uh, doing this, doing that, this is what we're preparing for, or is it more of us sitting back and, and waiting for teachers to, to sort of guide the way? Um, before they come to school, the parent is the most important teacher and actually most of their life. They, yes. you know, of course, the okay. parent is the most important teacher. But I, I think especially if they're just about to start school or just about to return to school, to alleviate any anxiety is to talk about what might happen if. Um, and that might involve perhaps walking through a school, playing on the equipment, seek um, permission first, but but ask if you can, you know, do you mind in the holidays if my child comes and, you know, plays on the equipment or, you know, peeks in the windows or just becomes a little bit familiar with with the environment, they know where the toilets are, for instance. Um, They might not exactly know their room, but they know that where the playground is and the boundaries of the playground. Uh, All of those things just alleviate anxiety because it's information. It also imparts a sense of, well, this is where the parent wants the child to be and that they know that the experience will be positive. One thing I'd like to ask parents Um, and probably grandparents and and older people not to do is not to relate scary stories from the past. When I was at school, I got the cane or when I was at school, you know, those sorts of things that parents like to, they like to talk about those experiences, but they're not always positive. And so sometimes children walk in and they're scared. And and I'll ask, "But, but what are you scared of? Do you have a cane? Well, no. (laughs) And so this unnecessary anxiety that I think we could probably do without. Most definitely. Um, You know, I I know that it's not 100% positive all of the time. Classrooms are very busy places. They're very noisy. Uh, It can be a little overwhelming. But we don't need the fear factor in there as well. No, no. Um, So So is it a good idea to share the positive stories? Uh, How much fun, like you were just saying, with, oh, when I went to kindergarten, I had a a fun time 
doing yeah. visual arts or whatever. It, yes, yeah. yes, definitely. And and even, you know, emphasising friends that you've kept. Yes. I used to tell my children about, um, well, I still have friends that I'm, you know, made in kindergarten or in high school or whatever, friends that I've kept yes. um, through the years um, because then they can see the whole spectrum of the point of socialisation. Yes. Um, and I guess when we're on socialisation, for people to realise that, if they can limit the amount of screen time that their children have, um, because what children do, I find, when when they're watching a screen, is they're disengaging. Yes. They're they're shutting down no from contact. yes mm. it, from that contact contact and um, with real life. They're not hearing the birds singing. They're not hearing you know their brother singing off tune in the car next to the you know the yeah. seat next to them so you know I've always thought the car trips were about singing songs and chants and chatting and telling stories um there's one thing we did we we drove to Queensland years and years ago you know we're in the car for 13 hours on and off <laughs> and we made up this game where you know how you go across a bridge and it'll have something like, um, you know, Dead Man's Crossing or, I don't know, you know, yes. Bill's Hill or Bill's yeah. Crossing or something. And we would make up a story, you know, how did that place get its name? And then we would take it in turns. Yes. And so everybody in the car had to tell a story that was bigger and brighter <laughs> or scarier or, or funnier, or, you know, and, and it, it took us hours. And it was so much fun because we just spent that time communicating and bonding and, you know, and interacting. Yeah, yeah, there was no put a DVD on and I don't want to hear from you sort of thing. That's right. It was... Um, it, it's hard that because it takes that little bit of input from the parents. I think sometimes we hop in the car and we just want to, oh, shut down for a moment. Yeah. Um, but if we put in that little bit of extra yeah. input and that little yeah. bit of energy in to start a positive experience, yes. the time will go faster yeah. and everyone yeah. will have a good time. And everybody loves a story. Yes. You know, children love hearing stories about their what their parents' life was like in the past. Just try and make it a bit positive. Yes. <laughs> but, um, um, but, yeah, so all of those sorts of things are really important. The um, I'd even, you know, if back to talking about playing at, at schools, take them places like a park. Um, if you're going to buy them something, buy them a skipping rope yeah. because there's a whole lot of skills that are important in, in skipping. Helps Eventually helps reading with, you know, hand-eye coordination or foot-eye coordination and things like using paint and scissors and glue crayons and that sort of thing occasionally I have parents who say oh no you know my child doesn't use crayons because they might draw on the walls yeah. or which I'm always surprised about because I think well you're there with them yeah you know do these things with them don't just provide them and, and put away. them on the table and walk away yeah. um you know draw with them yeah. color with them yeah. show you know show them those things try not to teach them too much um leave the academics to to people at school so a little bit of writing their name for instance children often like to do that but well, why, why would you why would you think it's well you're the teacher of course but what what um what is the matter with the with the parents being if the kids are really excited uh, to teach them stuff yeah look there there's ways and means to teach things um when my daughter was three she learned to read the word exit because we drove down the freeway and she said, what's that? Pointing to the exit sign. And I said, it says exit. And so, you know, I all of the way up and down the freeway for the next three or four years, I got <laughs> exit mummy, exit mummy. Yeah. You know, these environmental print 
things are great. If they're in the supermarket and they can recognise the peaches and know that, you know, the picture is a peach and that's what the label says, that's great to encourage that sort of thing. But I wouldn't sit your child down and try and teach them how to write or how to too much of how to form the letters of the alphabet. Preschool will do a lot of that anyway. So um, I wouldn't try and do those formal things. I'd try and enjoy your child more than try and teach them a whole lot. So Um, there's a division between school and and that whole academic setting. So safe, home is safe, it's fun. It's not a place where you necessarily do anything other than homework once that time comes. Yes, and when that's homework, you'll find that these days teachers set very practical homework um, my homework sheet will say things like you know count the forks in the drawer or how many steps does it take to get to the letterbox or you know these yeah, sort yeah, of practical yeah. things that we put in there so that it's a little bit more interesting it's not always sit down with a pencil and a piece of paper right. um, yeah so teachers are very used to thinking outside the square now finding things that their kids want to do so more play-based far more play-based and physical based you know I'll say set a timer and how many times can you do star jumps you know how many can you do in a minute that sort of thing just so it's (laughs) yeah well it's just a bit different and and they're tired when they get home in the afternoon um you'll find they'll sleep a great deal it's it's a big deal to come to school teachers are exhausted so their kids are exhausted too um yeah. And when you're talking about the physical side of things, how about, um, like, for example, food? Um, mm-hmm. Like, what, what is your suggestion as a teacher? What provides the best brain capacity for learning? For yeah. The day? Okay. Um, food choice is really important. A lot of schools, in, including us, um, ask that parents provide what we call a nude lunch, which is a lunch that's in a box that doesn't have wrappings and papers because, you know, we're all into recycling and producing less less rubbish, that sort of thing. So things that are wholesome and nutritious. So certainly a lot of places have what's called fruit break or crunch break where we get them to bring – so we eat three times a day. One is morning tea and that might be fruit or it might be a snack of some sort, but even a half a sandwich can be fine. Um fruit break or crunch break which is fruit and vegetable or water so small manageable pieces um if they walk in with a big green apple i know they're not going to get through it in a few minutes and end up in the bin yes whereas um half a mandarin or um you know beans or a carrot that they can get through it yes as long as it's it's cut up yes Mm. yes so fruit break works really well strawberries whatever's in season Mm. um and then lunch needs to be again probably a sandwich but people you know sometimes i'm out there in the playground and i'll see people have provided sushi for their children or people are really fabulous at being very inventive of what their children will like um we do like to minimize packet food package process type things not not just because of the the litter part but because you know filling yourself with the sugar and the salt and those sorts of things aren't so good there's a please make sure that your children have breakfast i think breakfast is you know everyone says it's the most important meal of the day i can tell the difference between children who walk in who've had breakfast and those who haven't sometimes i'll say why didn't you have breakfast and the child's response is oh well we had to get to school on time which just tells me well you're not getting up early enough yes um that's fairly simple. <laughs> I would think fairly simple. So try try setting routines with your child so that they know where their, where their shoes are at, where their uniform is, packing their own bag or, you know, um, 
their lunch, water bottles, those sorts of things, so that you can streamline that whole getting out the door and getting to school on that time. Would be a really good thing, like when we're talking about school readiness, that would be a good little routine to start. Yes. Maybe before school. Before school. school. Yeah. yeah. But they're old enough, you know, by the time they're four and a half, five, they're old enough to know where the bowl and the spoon is, the wheat bix and the milk. I mean, it can just be that yeah. to at least if they've got something decent in their stomach, I find they can then concentrate. Yeah. They can concentrate. And those few hours to start the day are the peak learning times. Yes. Um, you know, you'll find that teachers will do more creative things in the afternoon because we're all a bit slower and <laughs> a little bit more tired. But peak literacy, numeracy time happens first thing in the morning, especially in the younger grades. Well, uh, so if good. they come to school and they're already exhausted, it's really hard to concentrate. Um, so, yeah, food choice is very important. Um yeah, I, look, I think fruit and sandwiches just will get you through the day. Yeah. Good quality bread and, and fillings uh, that are just a bit different, uh, a bit unusual. I, I often see things that I think, gee, I haven't thought about that, you know, and um, yogurt's one. But if you're putting milk products, they certainly need one of those little freezer block yes, things course. that will mm. keep it cool. Mm. Um, yeah, I, and I always prefer to see children drink water. Mm. Um rather than anything else, everything else, fruit juice and cordials are full of sugar. So water's fabulous. Yeah. And, yeah, if they can't, then there's, we've got bubblers here. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess what, what you're saying is there's nothing really new and exciting. We all know what basic good food is. So it's really yeah. just, but again, remembering that it's not just for health and for uh, lack of weight gain. You know, that's not the only thing. It is also no. so we can actually concentrate. It is for concentration, all, yes. All through the school day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, the fact that they want, I find children now want to eat fruit because of fruit break. So I've only got to look at my class and say, oh, yeah, your strawberries look nice, and four more children have got strawberries the next day. Yes. You know, because they – and they like that community sharing of food that yes. all human beings like to do. We all like to sit and eat together. Yes. And so doing that in a classroom, um, I know at my school the teachers read the Premier's Reading Challenge books, so we're reading picture books to them. So they have this – really relaxing time and I, I'll say to them at the end of the year what did you really enjoy doing and it is we like fruit break yeah we like fruit break because you read to us yeah and we're just a bit relaxed but we're together and it's you know 10-15 minutes of eating healthy food healthy food drinking together. water yes eating it together so yeah. it's it's a really fabulous thing to do um Often when they're in the playground, if it's lunchtime, we always supervise lunch and we'll say, Have, where's your lunch? Oh, I've eaten it. Okay, show me your lunchbox. And they often haven't eaten it because they want to play. Yes. So um, things that are appealing to them um, or, you know, children will say to me, oh, but I don't like Vegemite. And I'll say, okay, well, I don't, I don't make your sandwich. Make sure you tell your mum, make sure you tell your dad that you would prefer something different so ask them, yes. ask them what they want because if they don't like Vegemite, no point, you know, giving them one every day or, or whatever it is, if yes. they don't like, you know, ham and salad or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess try and find something that, A, they want to eat and then monitor it um, so that, you know, if they're bringing home a full lunchbox, you're giving too much or an empty lunchbox, maybe it's too little. Yes. Um, and I suppose the other thing is also we know how sick we get at the same sandwich every day. Yeah. So I suppose there's yeah. also a little bit of a variety that might be fun yes. for yes. a kindergarten or, or a school-aged child. Yeah. yeah. And and think about just cooking, you know, a bit of extra something at night time so that you've got that leftover to put on a sandwich. Mm. 
Um, I think that's that's a great way to use that up. Yeah, um, and it teaches really good skills for the future as well about food. Mm. Um, yeah, so and nobody at school shares food. Um, most schools request that there's no nuts, peanuts in particular because of allergies. Um, I know, you know, it's really important that you communicate with your school if your child has anything, any issue, any hearing issue, vision, uh, fine motor, which is things to do with, with scissors and the hands, really, you know, like cutting and pasting and colouring in, or any problems with big movements, um, you know, if they're wriggling around or if having trouble crossing their legs. Um, one thing I know I, I always do is stop children from doing what I call a W sit, which I know yes, would be yes. something that you would talk sit. about that, yeah. um, because of, of what that does to their to their spine and and their whole sitting. Uh, and I can tell the children that purposely choose a W sit often will have trouble with with tasks. Yes. Uh, so. Yes. And there's a chicken and the egg in that. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm sure there is, but um, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah. So that's that's a really important one to do too. Um, so there's there's a lot of things that people can do, but I guess the whole idea about talking about school, playing at being at school, um, even talking about things, having little things like you know there might be a spot on the fridge where you can put their work. Uh, I know that um, when I was at school. Um, someone complimented a piece of art I did, and my mother put it in a frame and oh. stuck it on the wall. Oh, you know, and beautiful. it stayed there. It stayed yeah. there for years. Yes. And um, when she passed away, and we were at her house, and I found it, and it was so touching. It's still in the frame, and I have it up in my house now. And a couple of days after I put it up, it's just in my study, you know, sort of at the back. And my husband looked at it and he said, "What's that?" <laughs> and I, well, you know what? I painted that, and I was in year four, yeah. and I remember it. <laughs> yeah. You know, those things are really making memories yeah. is really important. Yeah. And it also seems for the child that that is like uh, that was valuable. It was yeah. time well spent, and, yep. and that they're yeah. not just wasting wasting as if you could waste mm. your time at school, but. But, you know, it's yeah, valuable time. It is valuable, yeah, it, that's that's exactly right. Um, they feel very safe and secure. And often I'll say, you know, this is where your mum and dad want you to be today. And, you know, do they want you to be doing this? And they'll go, oh, no. And then, that you know, that becomes a bit of a, a reminder of what your behaviour looks like. Yeah. Uh, so it, it is it is very important that they know that they're in the place and that they feel safe and secure. Yeah. Uh, so are there anything, any suggestions for parents, um, like, going into, let's just say, the last week before school, uh, making sure that this is going to be a, a great Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anything that you could suggest just for that short week yeah. or two or however long it, you think is, is the right sort of time. Yeah. I mean, look, advertising-wise, it starts as soon as Christmas finishes. It's the back-to-school, back-to-school, which yes. freaks all the teachers out, I have yes. to say, when it happens in <laughs> December and January. Um, but, you know, so you've got the whole build-up with buy the school shoes, make sure you've got the uniforms, that sort of thing. But I'd start having the conversations about what was good about last year, what are you looking forward to? And, you know, I I really think they'll say, oh, well, I will see my friends or I will yes. see so-and-so. Um, try not talk too much about who the teachers will be because often staff change, they move or they seek other positions or whatever. So you can't guarantee who a staff member will be. Um, so, you know, we tend not to tell children, you know, you'll be in so-and-so's classroom or whatever in case it, it changes um, because you don't want anxiety about that 
at all. No. So it's about, well, you'll be back there, you, you might change. And some schools, you know, it's really difficult to organise because of new enrolments. And so a lot of schools, the children will return and they'll stay in their class yes. for a day or two Before from last year change. because so that we can get the organization correct or as, as good as we can get it so that happens that you just go back into the same class for a day or two with the same teacher um, until we can can move sure. on and sort yeah. sort things out because with new developments and building and that sort of thing you know it, it's very tricky to uh, to sort that out so yeah, yeah um, but certainly have those conversations and just talk to them about you know is there anything that you would like you know me to talk to the teachers about or not often children will say no 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 don't go and talk to them yeah. um but just about what the the expectation is you know I expect that you'll go to school I expect you'll listen to the teachers that I'm sure you'll do as you're told um I'm sure that you'll have a lot of fun you know some days will be tricky some days will be a little bit hard, but know that you come home and you talk to us about that. Yes. I know certainly in my house it was as soon as they walked in the door of an afternoon, no, what did you do? Nothing. Yeah. Did you do You didn't do anything? No, I played. You know, and you think, oh, they don't do much there. <laughs> and then we'd sit down to have dinner and then it would come out. You know, they just needed that couple of hours of downtime before dinner to sort of, I don't know, maybe process it or think it through. And then I think the questions at dinner were different it was more it wasn't you know did you have fun today or whatever it became who did you play with and what did you do in maths or something that had an more answer to it yeah, yeah open-ended yeah. not just yes and no type mm. things yeah. um and once you start telling stories about your day you'll find that they'll open up then yeah. I think that's I read a study on that that they were saying I can't quite remember where I read it, but it was something about uh, you know, mum or dad starting dinner mm. with the story of their day. Yeah. And then, like you're saying, if we know a story, we like stories. So it yeah. ends up becoming yeah. that whole conversation and everyone likes to contribute. But it's not that we necessarily want to be the one that has the monologue. Yeah. And I think often yeah. it, you know, it becomes almost an interrogation. So what did you do today? Who did you play with today? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas when we come home and say, well, yeah. you believe it. So-and-so did such-and-so. Yeah. It was birthday cake and we had, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, story yeah. you can come up with, yeah. and yeah, they like to share their stuff too. I think the other thing that parents can do is, you know, I'm sure there are things in their day that don't go right, and um, certainly edit what you say, but but let them know that you know you're a human being, and that you do have days that aren't all sunshine and roses and rainbows, yes. and that it's tricky, and some days you're very tired, or you might have had something go wrong that was difficult, and you're worried about it, yes. and what you're going to do about it. Well, you know, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to have a good think. I'm going to make a decision. I'll, I'll seek advice. But those sort of life skills that everybody needs or, or, you know, how to make a decision, those sorts of things we all need to know about, um, let them see you as an example of how to make that. Mm. And the example of, oh, well, that's finished now and I'm moving on. I'm letting it go. Yes. Um, I think they're, they're things that parents can do that – that teach their child. Um, and, you know, we try to do that as well, but obviously teachers don't have the same rapport. It still comes back to, like you were saying earlier, that parents are there. Yeah, the first, a child's that's first right. Teacher and yes. Second teacher and third teacher. <laughs> the most important person. The most important one, and, yeah. you know, because you're imparting, the parents are imparting their values and their beliefs um, onto their children. And so you want to do that, but you want to give them skills in resilience. 
you want to give them skills in organisation and getting along with other people and, um, you know, sometimes at school, you know, children will get upset because somebody doesn't like them and, uh, and I'll say to them, well, you know, you don't have to play with everybody. You don't have to like everybody. And kids are really surprised when mm. I say to them, well, you know, you can choose who you play with. You can choose, uh, you know, as long as you're being polite to people and you're being pleasant, you don't have to... You know, you don't have to be best friends with everybody. Nobody is. No. Um, and, you know, it doesn't happen in adult life. Why should it no. happen in children's lives? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's so, that confidence, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah if, you, if you're always being told that you have to be nice and you think you have to play with everyone because that's yeah. easier for yeah. us adults. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. It is. But, but, you know, we'll say to children, you know, to resolve your conflict with other children, what you should, you know, we teach them how to do it, how to stand up to someone that they might think is bullying them um, and to use words so or to put their hand up and say, please stop, I don't like, yes. and then say what it is the person's doing. And, you know, most of the time everybody else respects that. Occasionally you'll get someone who will keep annoying, yes. you know, and so, you know, and that that happens a little bit where you know they're singing in my ear i've told them not to sing in my ear yeah. <laughs> and you go okay you know a bit of cooperation here would be good um, so but we do sort of train them to do that to to be able to verbalize and say what it is that's upsetting you um as well as you know go and tell the teacher and that's very important but trying to solve those little things yourself mm. a lot of that happens at home i mean brothers and sisters playing and you know the situation's different at home you know you can have kids wrestling on the floor and and that's all good hopefully but yeah. but at school that's not and yeah. so there's there is a dis- disparity really between what a can happen in the home and what can happen at school and so sometimes our rules well our rules are different so I, I guess that's another thing to talk to your kids about is the the difference in rules. I mean, there are different rules when you go to a swimming pool. There are different rules when you go to, you know, a shopping centre or whatever. There are different rules for every facet of life that we all have to learn. So um, because sometimes kids will say, oh, but, you know, my dad said I can thump him. Well, no. sorry, that's not going to work at school. <laughs> we <stick that> to <laughs> we won't no. do with that one. <laughs> you know, I'm sure Dad didn't, or if Dad did, maybe he needs to talk to me. But, <laughs> but we don't, um, you know, that retaliation thing is mm. is gone, mm. hopefully, most kids. And But that that's something you need to learn about school is that the rules are different. Um yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure lots of parents could uh, get some good um, take-homes from that. I really appreciate your time, Kate. Thank you. Thank and, you. Um, yeah, good luck with your holiday. Yes, <laughs> thank you very much. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of Family Chiropractic or the host. Brought to you by Family Chiropractic Centre, Charlestown. Serving the families in Newcastle, Lake Macquarie and Charlestown.